Hi everybody, um, thanks for joining today. It's Matthew Chung here. I'm CEO of iPushPull. So we're here today to talk about the world's most popular business application. It's been around for 35 odd years. It's got hundreds of millions of users. And hopefully we can talk about things that can help you learn about how you can improve client experience, how you can be fast to market when launching new products, and then how looking at Excel can actually serve as an entry point into this omni-channel delivery, um, which then acts as an on-ramp into chats and APIs and, and lots more. So we're delighted today to be joined by Brad McNee, who's a product manager for TPI Cap, is also responsible for the world's largest rates broking desks and platforms. And as you probably know, TPI Cap is an inter-dealer broker, so they're delivering their data to banks and other institutions. And also Julian Dugat, he looks after fixed income, credit and FX for NatWest Markets and managing products for cross-product sales and covering one of the UK's leading rates desks. And NatWest Markets is the investment banking arm of the NatWest Group and they cover corporates and institutions. So they'll be distributing their prices and quotes out to the buy side while also receiving quotes from brokers like ICAP. And there's myself, Matthew Chung, I'm CEO of iPushPool. We're a real-time data sharing and workflow automation platform. So we deliver the right data at the right time to the right place. Out of the 20 or so integrations that we have, our Excel add-in still remains one of the most widely used applications and is used by over 70 financial institutions for sharing unstructured and also structured data across pre and post-trade workflows. So, so let's dive in. In terms of what we're going to talk about today, so first we're going to talk about why Excel, then move on to how NatWest and TPI Cap are delivering live data. Then we'll talk about Excel and how that crosses over into chat, and then this omni-channel data delivery and what that actually means and how it can provide a better client experience. So let's kick off. Uh, Julian, Brad, thanks a lot for joining us today. So, so Julian, to start, could you talk us through why you think offering your data in Excel is important? Hey, Matt, thanks for having me. Um, so, I mean, I guess for us, this is really about, uh, we've rec recently expanded the, uh, the number of clients that uh, we cover uh, in the, the commercial and uh, institutional franchise. So we, we really want to be um, offering uh, uh, flexibility to our clients. Uh, so whatever way they want to use to, uh, to connect to us, uh, we want to be there, basically. So Excel is obviously one of these channels. Um, we, depending on the asset class, uh, we have our offering is, is quite diverse. So in effect, we'll tend to, have, uh, to offer fixed APIs. And we've got, um, uh, we've got a lot of clients who are actually quite happy to, uh, to code to our fixed API. So in the FX space, we'll be using uh, iPushPool and Excel to distribute things like uh, the, the less stricter axes. Uh, in the rate space, we, we use iPushPool to, uh, uh, to deliver our axes as well, or live axes. Um, again, this is just one of many channels that, uh, that we use for, uh, for this type of data. Um, what is quite important uh, to a lot of our clients is the ability to access our data with uh, very little work, uh, as in like a no-install solution. 
So the ability to uh, to do this uh, either through web or uh, Excel is actually quite valuable for them because uh, they can really quickly just switch on the stream and the data is coming into their, uh, their Excel spreadsheets. Um, and, and obviously, the, the type of people we uh, interface with as well. So on uh, uh, portfolio managers, uh, people on the execution desk, everybody will have Excel running uh, on the desktop. Uh, and we want to actually load some of our data into Excel to actually do some data man manipulation, charting, uh, these type of things. And, and why do you think it's so ubiquitous across every desktop that we see in the financial markets? Why is Excel so ubiquitous, yeah? Yeah. Um, well, I think there's definitely a place for Excel. I mean, people have been using it for everything. Uh, there's various, a lot of VB code obviously being written. So a lot of it will be legacy. Uh, but there's definitely a, a place for Excel as well, just for, um, uh, for you know, charting and, and some sort of data, slicing and dicing. Um, but, yeah, a, a lot of people are also using use it as a pricing engine um, or way to actually upbridge to other systems as well. So some of our clients use it to, uh, to go and uh, uh, sort of collect data, do a bit of data formatting, data manipulation, and then load the data into the, the final system, like uh, another management system, for instance. Cool, thanks, Julian. And, and Brad, um, same question to you. Can you talk to me why you think offering TPI caps data in Excel is important? Yeah, sure. And likewise, thanks for having me here. So um, from a usability perspective, Excel um, has kind of remained a bit of a constant in anyone's desktop over, well, definitely the 25 plus years that I've been working. And indeed, the way in which you're able to um, expand um, upon its offering, uh, whether that's you know, from the sense of formulas to, to VBA to charting tools, as Julian has, has mentioned, you can you can really use it as a um, as a really flexible way of pulling data in and manipulating it, um, such that you can then also get actionable events from it. Um, from an ICAP perspective. Um, really getting data into Excel is um, uh, is putting is, is similar actually to what Julian's been saying is uh, is in some ways the client's preference at uh, first point of contact so that they don't have to go through a large um, or even a small upscale or uh, enterprise-wide technology solution to be able to get their data into onto their front end they can install an add-in, and then run a formula to be able to bring it in. And it, it, it is just that ease of entry, um, and indeed then the flexibility when the data is in your sheet, that helps you to do things like prototyping. And um, really, um, there are now more tools that are being used and more languages that are being used by um, traders on their desktop. Um, but Almost the lowest common denominator is formulas within Excel, and then the next level, which is VBA. And, and, and at what level would you see this tactical, easy to use application actually then turn into a strategic application? 
I say I think that goes to the, the point of prototyping. So you can prototype within there, and then you can um, very easily show someone how you have yourself built and designed it, so that it can be handed over to a, a technology function that can support it more more widely and spread it across your organisation. Uh, indeed, you can even spread functions within Excel across across your organization as well. So, um, but it's that first stepping stone. And so when you have an add-in to be able to bring the data into Excel, you've begun that journey. And really that's the, um, that's the key to us. You might not need a second step on the journey. You might just be serving up the data to a, a single person or a, a few persons are able to share it and not need an enterprise-wide solution for it. So um, really, it, it depends upon um, the data, depends upon the clients and, um, and how much they want to scale um, the data. But in terms of how we, um, from a rates perspective, use Excel, um, really it's an, it's an output for our API and the um, the client has the choice then for uh, on their side how they would want to be using that API great well, we'll dive a little bit more into that in a second but in terms of the audience that's listening today let's let's just do a quick poll to understand if Excel is actually already part of their digital offering so do you or, or do you have plans to distribute your live data to any of these digital channels? So Excel, chat, APIs, fix, all of the above or, or anything else. Um, if you're listening to this and you are perhaps a client of one of these services, what channels would you like to receive it in as well? So if you want to respond to that, it should pop up in your screen. And then Steve, if you tell us when we've got um, enough results and we can, do you, do you want to just cover them? Yeah, sure. So uh, we're getting a pretty strong reaction to all of the above. <laughs> Excel obviously is popular, not surprisingly, and then probably all of the above is probably the next most popular. Fantastic. Well, we've got the right audience then. Um, thanks for replying to that poll. Um, so moving on, um, let's let's kind of go, go onto the hood a little bit to exactly what Julian and Brad are doing with how they're distributing data. Um, firstly, Julian, can you tell us like what type of prices and data are you generating? And then why are you then using Excel for that particular distribution me method? Like when we were talking earlier, you mentioned actually some of it depends on the, the, the client, the technical ability of the client actually the maturity of the market that they're in, because it might not be that electronified. There's a few different angles and variables. Um, what, what, so firstly, what prices and data are you generating? And then why are you choosing to distribute those through Excel? Yeah, so I think there's probably two main categories, I guess. So one is um, uh, some of the, the data that we are distributing through this channel is um, is mostly because this is a type of data that is not um, well supported electronically. So again, as an example, if you look at um, uh, axes in the fixed income space, so for cash bonds, 
So this is um, a really electronic um, item. So every uh, single platform, so multi-data platforms uh, or order management system, we basically support uh, receiving this through uh, a fix message. Um, but in FX, it's, it's quite different. So axes are way less um, uh, of a commodity, I guess. Uh, and it's much less structured. So we actually internally, um, we use uh, Excel and iPushPool basically to distribute this type of data because we have no uh, you know, formal structured way to actually do it. Uh, the second category is really about uh, Excel as, as a, a channel in its own right. So we are already distributing our axes, as I was saying, uh, in the Fixicom space through loads of different channels. So we've got Fix API. Uh, we send directly to uh, multi-data platform, things like Neptune, Bloomberg, TradeWeb, and so on. Um, but we do have demand on the client side to actually get this data directly in Excel. Um, and as I mentioned before, uh, reasons can be multiple. Uh, typically, client will actually take this data in Excel and then load it into another system afterwards. So use Excel as, um, uh, as a bridge, really. Um, so we also, um, yeah, th these are really the, the two main categories. And we, we have um, um, quite a few data types uh, that we put on iKushpool. Uh, so typically things like prices, axes, uh, in, in the rates, credit, and FX space uh, would be so more electronic. Uh, things like uh, like sector axes in rates, uh, axes in FX would be less electronic. So they will be getting uh, through iPushPool and not only on Excel, because we are also, and I think we're going to talk about this later, but we're also doing this uh, on Symfony through, uh, through bot. So we've got a bot distribution channel. Uh, we also do it through the, uh, the, the web UI because uh, we do have demand for that. Um, yeah, so that, that's the two, two main reasons for doing it. Uh, unstructured data that uh, we can't easily distribute electronically uh, and uh, just because of the, the demand on the client side to actually get the data through this particular channel. Great. Thank you, Julian. And Brad, can you tell firstly just the listeners about how TPI Cap is distributing data to, to clients and then and then maybe touch on as well going further than just this distribution of data what if one of those clients wants to submit data back to you from excel and how does that look like with the access control and kind of regulatory view as well sure so um our electronic trading offering um uh centers on a um uh a an application front end, HTML, uh, HTML5 front end that uh, will display the prices to the traders such that they can then put orders onto those prices in markets that are suitable. The examples of that are the interest rate options market or indeed the inflation market. And we will be extending that to other markets over the course of the next two um, months and quarters. Um, for other rates desks um the, the data then really is is are the prices for the instruments these tend to be uh mid-market prices um and then where we run matching sessions as well 
we make um, we, we show that data up onto the front end um, for traders to be able to place orders on there. What we look to do with the add-in is replicate that data that's available in the front end into th through the API, so that people can read it in their tools. Excel being a great example, as we said, and and where they're then able to read it, they can then compare it to their own prices, their own view of the market, their own positions, and be able to make a view of what orders they would like to place back onto our front end. Currently, we don't um, allow for the capability to uh, send orders back to the platform. And then we're somewhat wary to be able to do so because otherwise we will be uh, potentially enabling the client, maybe unwittingly, to become um, an algo trading, um, have our algo trading capability, and hence have a higher level of regulatory requirements on them. They might not realise that their spreadsheet suddenly becomes um, a, um, a really large compliance issue. Uh, to uh, satisfy the regulatory control requirements that um, that are that are needed to operate on such OTF or, or MTF markets. So, um, if we were to do this, we would do it in full consultation with the clients, and indeed, probably have some holdover to allow it to um, be uh, human operated on 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 our side to um, uh, avoid the. Uh, algo type issues that they may be facing. So, first answer to your question is we display prices for in order to be able to get orders back um, from the market levels that, that we're we're seeing um, from from banks. And and what do you both think of this kind of integrated workflow, um, whereby screen space is always at a premium? on any trader or salesperson's desk because they've got you know only so many physical monitors and then there's lots of stuff they're trying to squeeze onto that one of them would be you know a, a, your icap screen or one of the offerings from natwest for example how do you think integrated workflow is important and then being able to then to deliver that into excel or something that is on that person's desktop Yeah, so I'll, I'll try and take this first. Um, the, the, the workflow that, that um, the APIs give you, I think, is enables you the flexibility on your own screen to, see, to decide what you want to see. You don't necessarily have to have the applications open if you've got a stream of data coming in to view it in the way in which you want to see it. So, um, and then the workflow around that will hopefully enable you to design something on your side to be able to give you a the, the resp right response mechanism to then choose to interact with someone else's front end on on their on their, their screen in front of them so um, it in some ways uh, decouples not quite devalues but decouples the need to be able to have the screen uh, open on the desktop at all times and you can choose when you wish to view it from, from my perspective. Um, 
so look, I think that the API is, um, is is needed to be able to make those uh, trading decisions more efficient um, by enabling comparison more easily on the bank side. But also, hopefully, it, it doesn't mean that I'm uh, forcing real estate upon the client. Uh, it, it still remains their option when they want to see it. Yeah. And, and Julian, what's your perspective on, on that and also on your internal setup? Because I know you spend a lot of effort and resource in building a kind of sales trader desktop where stuff does interoperate with each other, with Excel kind of being one component of that alongside a lot of other things. How yeah. important is that integrated workflow for you? That's right. So just back, I think, to what um, Brad was saying. So the uh especially i guess in the fixed income space we don't really have the uh, single data platform are not really the thing anymore uh so getting you know a grabbing space on uh, a client's desktop is actually really really difficult uh, and it's a tough ask really so having this uh these sort of multiple channels uh and excel is, is one of them but you know using apis as well um, is sort of giving you this, this flexibility so client can actually decide how they want to actually access your data, where they want to display it, and what they want to do with it. Uh, so if they want the, the data in, in Excel and they want to basically source the data for maybe for multiple dealers and actually display it in, a, in one Excel spreadsheet on one screen, they can do this uh, with, with this uh, offering. Um, uh, going back to your, to your second question, um, yeah, we've invested uh, quite heavily in uh, in FDC3 um, and in having a, a smart desktop um, to try to make our workflow uh, much more efficient. Um, so we rely a lot on um, uh, some of our application be, being context-driven. Um, so some event would push uh, context on our desktop. Uh, another application would react to this. Uh, so for instance, uh, if an inquiry uh, from a customer comes to us, um, the, the ticket might pop on the trader desktop and we'd be pushing the instrument as a context to other application on the desktop and other application would then react accordingly. So maybe one of the application will actually show you the last 20 inquiries for this particular bond, for instance. Um, and um, um, it, it, it sort of, it allows you to do things that uh, a users normally wouldn't be doing, like the inquiry workflow. Uh, you know, you get an inquiry, you code back, you execute some time within five, 10 seconds. Uh, there is no way a trader can actually go into a plotter and search for something while this is happening. So you, um, this sort of empowers user to get all of this data uh, without really providing an input uh, and give them all this additional intelligence uh, to help them in decision making at point of inquiry in this example. Cool. Um, and, and, in, and in terms of just going back to the external facing when you're um, trying to get your data to clients, Going to some of the things you just both picked up on, how does actually providing in Excel help with the speed of deployment? 
because we we all know and it's it's as gospel that excel is going to be on someone's desktop right so then how how does it help in terms of deployment and and kind of speed to market when you want to get your data to someone and also touching i think what brad was talking about on this kind of product development side it's an easy way to test ideas and products yeah 100 so i think um in terms of speed of deployment for us i mean we use the um uh, we push our data to, to web as well, so through iPushPool. Uh, so that's it is the fastest to market. Really, if somebody is, is happy to access the data uh, through their web browser, we can just send a link, and they will be able to see the data straight away. Um, the next, uh, the next fastest, I guess, is to um, to use Excel. So if there's any data manipulation needed, and client do want this in Excel, then. Um, we do offer an Excel add-in that uh, they can uh, download from our Agile Market single data platform. Um, so it's uh, it's not zero install. Uh, there is a, a bit of work to do uh, to install the add-in, but it is very lightweight, uh, and we can usually do this really quickly. So obviously, this is much quicker than um, you know getting the client to build to a fixed API, for instance, which will take weeks or months. Um, so it, it, it is um, in terms of the, the, the sort of the offering you get, um, as Brad was saying, if you want to do any prototyping and start using the data uh, and manipulating it, this is definitely a much, much faster way to do it than any of the, uh, the next best, best option, yeah, fix API or, or anything like this. In, in a way, is it democratizing kind of access to, to data by having it in Excel? Because there's, if I'm, if I'm a small um, hedge fund, for example, and I want to connect to you, I might not have the in-house capability or resource to connect to fix, like you said. But if I could use Excel as an interface, then to connect into fix with something sitting in the middle, like, like some of the services that we have, does it then actually make that the tail of clients that you can service much, much larger and longer. Yeah, and, and it's um, it's always been the idea is to be able to um, uh, to target a lot of clients who don't necessarily have the uh, the appetite uh, or the budget to actually spend time and effort uh, in in coding to to an API. Um, so it is it's speed. It's cost, um, and it's it's quite a commitment to go for a, for a fixed API as well. So if you're not quite sure that you know maybe you want to interface with a particular dealer, um, it, it, you, you sort of need to to go through the process, I guess. While with having the data in Excel, it's actually it's almost like a free option. So it's really easy to try it. Um, anybody can do it and you know if you actually decide that maybe you don't need the data um, then you know it, it's very it's it, there's no regret spent basically in this right yeah you got anything to add to that Brad um, everyone likes a free option um, yeah that yeah, the, the, but the optionality angle to to give you the choice of how you want to handle the data is is I think key um, for us, we our, our clients are 
uh, large banks. So um, within global broking uh, for TPI cap. So um, here we find more of a problem to be able to get onto their work stack and uh, and their priority queue to be able to um, uh, necessarily build a, a fixed connection to uh, to our own API. But um, you know, it's it gives them the option for how they wish to proceed. They can do so um, in a very similar way to Julian has explained through 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 the platform at first point through the through Excel at second and then direct to to the API th third and and it's th their own pace that they can choose those tools. Excel is a really small first step to to, to that and it. It's, you know, just to echo what Julian said, it's it's putting it in the hands of traders that can manage this themselves. They are all very proficient at all of the tooling within Excel. You know, it's the first thing you you're going to be coached on when you join a desk. And in fact, quite frankly, traders are now getting more proficient from a rates perspective in in other um, analysis type tooling that they could probably quite quickly use um, some form of Python to be able to connect to an API and, 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 and do that there as well. What Excel does is gives you that um, ubiquitous um, uh, tool across the, across the trading floor for it to be shared and, and you to learn from um, that lowest common denominator, as I mentioned earlier. So, so it always maintains its relevance anywhere because it's ubiquitous because it's easy to use and actually now with other tooling that's around you can connect excel to all the heavyweight stuff as well yes yeah yes precisely and so you know i i can't see a time when um it will not be that first stepping stone although maybe others will still get to the second second so second uh, second stepping stone faster so like it's just it will still be the first point from, from my perspective albeit i'm slightly old school <laughs> okay old school to new school then let's move on to chat um you know obviously ib chat's been around for a very very long time and like excel is ubiquitous in the front office on sales and trading desk um but chat has really come onto its own kind of post-pandemic You've got Symphony that now is being used in you know, lots of places across the financial markets. You've got you know, the, the old school Microsoft has obviously released Teams and there's lots more going on with that. And then there's ICE and Refinitiv Messenger and Slack and lots of other things. So chat is always going to be a part of this industry because of the nature of negotiations and things that we do. But what do you um both see as the future of chat workflows in this industry i know julian you love chatbots and chat and and you've invested very heavily in it and and brad you've got some big ideas from from what you want to tackle as well what type of projects are you both looking at at the moment should i go first um so yeah as you said so we are um we, we are heavy users of uh, uh, IB Chat, obviously, and uh, Symphony. Um, we we have, uh, as an example, we've got uh, uh, an execution bot in uh, the rates and credit space. 
um, that is sort of augmenting the the sales client workflow. Um, so it, it provides indicative prices uh, and and really assists uh, the, the the sales people through the execution workflow. Um, the, the the sort of and we do have quite a lot of bots in Symphony. Um, there is a, there's obviously a life cycle uh, to sort of build bot features, uh, release them, uh, and that can be quite lengthy sometimes, even if Symfony is actually you know pretty open platform and it's pretty easy to do that in Symfony. Um, so more recently, we've been um, using the, uh, the, the iPushPull features, uh, the, the bot-on-demand feature, uh, which has allowed us to really quickly uh, respond to, to client demand uh, and, and internal demand from, uh, from our salespeople and traders. Um, so when somebody wants a very specific function on a bot, we, we don't have to go to uh, our IT team to actually build that. Uh, a lot of it can just be set up in the, uh, in the web UI uh, very easily. So somebody like myself can actually go and, uh, uh, and send, set this up within you know, five, 10 minutes. So as an example, uh, one of our clients asked us to, um, uh, to get uh, axes uh, in, a, in a very specific format. So they were after uh, a very specific set of axes so for a, a specific set of countries and matrices, uh, and they wanted these to be output in Excel uh, on Symfony uh, by just typing a command. Yeah, so just calling the bot and typing a, a three, four words com uh, command, and then that should give them the Excel thing. So because we've got all this data uh, in Akushpul already, uh, building the we could build this within thirty minutes. Let's say that was pretty much done. So we can be really responsive uh, for things that are actually you know, might sound quite basic, uh, but the ability to get a specific, you know, filtered set of data um, in a very specific format, whether that is outputting a table in Symfony or whether it's uh, just outputting this in, a, in an Excel spreadsheet, um, is actually quite powerful for us. So. At the moment, we do offer this service uh, on Symfony, and it, it's used quite heavily by uh, by our internal salespeople and by a few cl clients. Um, a lot of our clients are on IB Chat, so uh, ideally, what we want to do going forward is uh, is provide something very similar on IB, uh, as and when IB start opening up a bit more to uh, to chatbots. Um, because yeah, that would be really looking at a user base uh, that would be extremely powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Brad, what's what's your thoughts on chat-based kind of projects? Uh, so uh, we're now in the cycle for planning next year, um, and indeed the, the, these these are on um, the horizon from a rates perspective. Um, comes down to prioritization of, of what we're looking to do for the resource we have available. But why, more widely across TPI cap in other de other assets or in global broking, we're using chat to be able to make the um, the full life cycle of um, order uh, entry to uh, trade matching to trade 
confirmation um, more efficient. And really, we start that from, from back to front. We start it to, to be able to deliver what is the, the end message to the client for, for what has, has traded. And, and just looking at the, the whole workflow of um, what an IB, IDB or a venue uh, executes uh, for clients, um, yeah, we're always looking to make that more efficient. And so from a rates perspective, that um, efficiency and speed to trader is, is going to be key. So um, there is other market infrastructure that we need to get that into. They don't just want to see it in a chat. They want to receive the, the risk um, in through STP reports and, and you know, other cert confirmation services such as MarketWire, but, um, or indeed things like Bloomberg Vcon and um, and such like, but look, some of the steps are to be able to um, make more efficient, so automate that chat rather than have people type it. And um, yes, yeah, so that that I see as as part of the journey that rates will be going on, that other assets within TPI Cap have already got gone down the route of. So yeah, it's just making the overall process more efficient. And in terms of the, the kind of the overlap then between Excel and chat, so how, how we kind of see it from my push pulls perspective, this, this kind of workflow is probably split into like three different buckets. One where it's Excel based workflow with some semi structured data and that spreadsheet might be emailed backwards and forwards or attached to a chat. Another might be in the chat itself where people are typing, you know, manually typing prices, entering prices and people responding. Um, and then, and then the last one where those two things overlap, where you you might attach a spreadsheet and you type something into the chat at the same time alongside it. So, one of the things that that we're we're launching very very soon is actually we've just integrated Symphony Chat into Excel, um, so you can have the chat embedded into Microsoft Excel, so it's side by side. So again, you've got that kind of integrated workflow, deploying it onto things that are already on the desk. But how do you see Excel and chat evolving together? Because I, I think, like we've already said, there's always a um, there's always a place for Excel in the short, medium, maybe long term, because of the nature of the flexibility of what you can do with it. And because you now have chat is so much more open. You know, obviously it was led by Symphony initially, and then everyone else started following suit, including now Bloomberg, where you can start. Um, being able to push data into a chat and pull it back out again, do things with it, manipulate it, um, connect it into different systems and so on. Where do you see Excel and chat kind of going forward together in the future? And it might depend on different markets as well, because I think Julian touched on earlier, in some markets that are not electronified, stuff is still done on Excel. So it has to kind of live in that space. But as the, and maybe it's a broader question of electronification in markets as well. You know, and where does Excel and chat sit on all those journeys? And is it an on-ramp? Is it a springboard? You know, how, how does that work? So, yeah. go ahead, Julian. I was gonna say we are, um, in terms of workflow, so we would tend to favor uh, chats at the moment um so we we all workflows would, would run or be facilitated on on chat uh we don't really do workflows in excel today 
uh, I can see the 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 advantage of, of doing this, the benefits of doing this. Um, but it's not really something we've we've explored. Um, so yeah, for us, it really is at the moment. Excel is really a way to surface our data. Um, we don't really get anything back, so it's really a one-way, a one-way thing. We push to Excel. We don't really, really pull back from it. Uh, anything that is um, like an interaction uh, with um, with clients, for instance, uh, is done uh, through chat, so potentially through bots um, and other assisted tools for workflows. Uh, but yeah, not in Excel. Yeah, so I, I think this this does go to the point of um, how, uh, given um, even to the point, given desks or different assets uh, will electronify their product. From um, an IDB perspective, um, I I sometimes wince at the, the term electronification because it's it's all around efficiency and how we can make the process more efficient is often um, through making uh, the tasks uh, more uh, digitally uh, accessible. And so um, here, I just say that I, I, I think that there's always a place for the human in the fixed income or rate market and that Actually, when we, uh, my, my fear is that you you make it not too automated, but you um, might put too much onus on um, a computer making decision and might over automate it um, and maybe over execute um, in things that, from a race perspective, are always executed in large size. So um, I think. The rates market, from my perspective, will start off, um, and uh, the, the journey through electronification, and, and see how far we can push it, but not get to that um, place where the the execution is always a bot against bot inside inside a chat. It, it will still be sort of human managed, and the efficiencies of um, of the um, of the outputs can can be automated, but uh, the actual decision making itself um, is is on the whole uh, still needed to to have a lot of human guidance over it. Um, and so, so I, I'm not sure if I necessarily asked the question, but I, I would just say that our in integration with chat over Excel um, will always be with the trader in mind and to try and make their their life as as um, as easy um, as easy as possible um, really yeah yeah going back to that client experience point the trade is your client and you want to make it easy for them and if it's easy for them then they might give you more business ultimately <laughs> yes yeah to, to a degree that I mean yeah that's that's right. That's a, it's a good modus operandi. <laughs> um, and and I suppose the with everything then moving towards being more API driven, it makes you're both product managers um, in in your respective organisations. But now that things become more API driven, 
How much easier does that make your life? Um, I'll I'll start with this time. Um, it it makes it a lot easier to be able to see what's going on. So so I can I can tell now, um, not so much in a in a surveillance type way, but I but I can now now monitor uh, progress of of the desks in in a lot. Um, in um, from the sanctuary of of, you know, of of my office, but also just to be be able to um, uh, yeah, rather than have to go and ask someone an opinion, it's it's now a lot more um, based on um, actual data rather than opinion. So um, I think that that's the big uh, the big uh, change from my perspective as maybe as a uh, as a product manager is that is that now we can we can actually um, inquire that uh, about with the data directly I think to add to that Julia um, yeah, I'm not sure we we're seeing more things going through api's now I mean I suppose it depends on the asset class but um I would say, yeah, in race and credit, things are more and more going towards electronic platforms. Uh, whether it's you know people using an actual UI uh, or using like rules-based execution engine or you know some of the tools basically provided by the platform and must be connecting their OMS through API. Um, but yeah, generally, I don't think yeah in the rate space we've been seeing more flows coming through. Uh, actual like execution APIs. So in FX, I would say probably yes, that's true. Um, and yeah, back, back to what Brad was saying, yeah, it, it's basically making, uh, giving you more transparency over the data, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, in, in rates, I don't think, I don't think we're there. And I think it's, it's just a slightly different model, I guess. Yep. So voice and chat still still dominating in, in that asset class. So so we've we've touched upon Excel, we've touched upon chat, and spoken about APIs as well. So that then gets you into this omni-channel approach, whereby you can, can connect to high push pull in this case, and you can distribute to all of those things plus a bunch of other stuff as well. Um, it'd be good to understand from the audience that are listening as well. If we do another poll. You know, as a bank or a broker or a data service or any other data producer, you know, what's your view on building and maintaining all of these different integrations in order to make your data available to clients wherever they want it? So will you, will you service an omni-channel distribution strategy for your digital platform or out to your clients? You know, are you looking to, to buy in and partner with companies that are out there? Are you looking to build it yourself? Are you looking to buy to build so that'd be using like a no code platform or do you not think omni-channel distribution is important and you're quite happy just to stick with um, the channels you're already using and then steve if you can pick up the results of that yeah so just give it a couple of seconds longer for people to respond at the moment buy and buy to build are probably the favorite responses so far yeah, those two. Great. 
Um, and, and I suppose Brad and Julian, it just in terms of, you know, you, you've probably both been in the markets, you know, 20 plus years like myself. Um, how have you seen that shift between, you know, build or from building things in-house with your own resource actually now to working with fintechs or vendors or, or people externally to help you deliver things? And, and, and also, how does it help now you have standards like Finos and FTC3 and, and people playing nicely with open source and so on? How, how have you seen that shift? Um, and why, why did you both choose to partner with iPushPull rather than build it yourself? So it's uh, quite a lot to cover there, but if I kick off. So, um, I mean, I, I think there's been a general trend from my time here, here uh, working in financial markets to move from build towards a more blended solution. And that um, then oscillates around how much you are building yourself versus you're buying. You basically make all of those decisions um, through your uh, technology teams as to what's the most cost effective. Um, but also you make those decisions quite um, clear as well. Sometimes what's the fastest to market. So um, from to, to answer the, the last question though, for, so in engaging by push pull, what we really got was that fast, faster to market um, a commodity that was uh, an XL API in this case. Um, and uh, then that product could be supported where it gave us what is um, a more cost effective way to be able to support um, uh, without needing the in-house specialists. So, um, so yeah, that, that, that's kind of it. But you, you take each, uh, each challenge, each problem um, on its own merit. And so you have to make those, those calls um, very pragmatically as, as how you, rather than necessarily being one camp nor the other. But um, so what I'm seeing now is that blend of buy some stuff, build some stuff yourself. Um, and it can depend upon whether that is your, your your key strength, whether that is your own IP that you have to man that, that you, you want to retain, um, and and so yeah, you, you kind of have to make those judgment calls in partnership with your own um, your own techno technology um, organization. Yeah, completely agree with Brad. Yeah, so it's um, for us, it's very similar. So it, it's it's a good mix um, today, certainly. Um, I mean, the reason we we chose iPush Pool, uh, we usually look at uh, you know how differentiating basically is is this piece of technology. Um, how quickly can we get it to market if we build it ourselves? How much is going to cost us to actually maintain it, to so build it and maintain it, um, versus just having somebody dedicated to actually doing this and keeping it updated. Um, and for, so certainly for um, this, this sort of omni-channel approach, so making your data basically available uh, through Excel, through APIs, through web interfaces on Symfony, um, we, we took the decision to actually go with our push uh, on this basis, because uh, we could get a product to market really quickly. 
uh, and we didn't think we could actually uh, build it and support it for less than the license cost. Um, on the second half of your questions, in terms of um, uh, you know Finos and DC3 and how it act, how it helps, so it does help a lot to have these standards. Um, and when you want to uh, to do a project and work with uh, uh, other vendors uh, or clients, the fact that uh, you've got such standards to leverage, uh, so we know that. On our desktop, we basically use FDC3. We know that a lot of our customers uh, and uh, vendors are on the same technology stack. So you can actually, uh, when you're talking about some of our application, talking, for instance, with um, uh, a, a UI that the client is running on the desktop for the RMS, for instance, that is now possible uh, because everything is running on FDC3, for instance. So. I think it's still uh, there's still quite a lot of work to do there. Uh, it's definitely going in the right direction, um, but it, yeah, it's going to take a, a few more years um, to really, you know, have this widespread and 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 make make releasing products much more efficient. Are we getting there? Good to hear. Um, so. We'll start to wrap up and then take some questions. So, so this just to kind of summarise, the the omni-channel approach means you can you can actually cover more clients because you can cover more channels, um, and you can also provide the ability to share data in the applications, depending even on what the technical ability is of the client, all the way through to what the maturity is of the particular market. Um, so, the omni-channel approach. It's always like an evolving goal because it's always going to uh, new things going to be added to it as time goes on. But Excel is actually the easy point of entry for all the stuff we just discussed. You know, around it being very easy to deploy, it's quick and fast to market. You know, it's on a trader's desktop. People know how to use it. But having a controlled, an access controlled, kind of audited permission environment to use Excel is really useful. Um, and actually Excel becoming an interface, so it's super lightweight, and it can that through Excel connecting to something like our service, it can actually connect into a particular dealer screen or a particular fixed engine or whatever it might be, and you've got that one connection. It also gives you the on-ramp, starting from Excel a lot of the time, the on-ramp into chat APIs, being FTC3 compliant, having extension apps in Symfony, having something connecting into Bloomberg. So everyone does always want to improve their client's experience and it can be done in a variety of ways and ultimately helping to make processes more efficient. Um, I was going to finish off, and unless you can sum up in 30 seconds, both of you, in terms of improving client experience, just before we move to Q&A, in terms of improving client experience, what keeps you up at night? You know, what, what, what are you thinking about and what keeps you up at night that you think there's something that can always be a little bit better? Uh, so for me, just, just going back to uh, what we were talking about before already, it's, um, it's, it's us having the, the right offering. So being able to deliver a product through as many channels as we can. So when clients come and engage with us and want to deal with us in a certain channel, we're there. We can actually meet them on this channel. Um, so this is this is really what we're investing on now. It's reaching out 
to more clients with more products through more channels. Okay, Brad? Yeah, so for, for me at the moment, it really is making sure that all the foundational layers to what we're doing are are right. So it's less about actually what's being exposed to the client at the front end. It's more about making sure that our that the robustness of the venue that we're operating is um, uh, robust, stable, and um, able to be um, yeah supported uh, for the client and uh, and ourselves in the long term. Um, but as it happens, I sleep very well, so uh, I don't I, I don't I don't get up at, uh, halfway through the night. Well, that's always good to hear. Um, okay, well, Brant, Julian, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and insights today. Um, so to wrap up, we've got a few minutes left for any questions. Um, Steve, are there any questions from the audience? Um, yeah, conscious we've only got a couple of minutes left. So there's probably one question that probably would nicely finish off um, what uh, both Julian and Brad were just saying, which is around how does delivering live data to your clients give you competitive advantage or does it give you competitive advantage? Yeah, so for, from, a, from a TPI cap perspective, it, it does give us a competitive advantage such that they can see our prices and be able to act upon them. And with specific reference to Excel, we can do it in an environment where they can compare to their own prices. And it's that comparison of, of, of market levels that enables someone to make a decision to act upon it that I think is is what trading is all about from our perspective to help banks manage their risk. So, um, so yes, it, it is uh, allowing people to see our prices is it's vital, and and this is a a channel to to enable that. Yeah, I mean for us, uh, so real time data in in, in Excel um, is it giving us competitive advantage? Yes. So. Um, just again, going back to the exam example of uh, Axis. Um, so for for client consuming this through an API on platform, they can see this in real time. For clients who want to see this in Excel, typically how it, it used to work and how it works is uh, you would uh, receive a spreadsheet uh, from uh, one of your salesperson. Obviously, when you open the spreadsheet, the Axis are already stale. Uh, they're not updating. Uh, if we use, uh, well, I push pull in, in, in this example, we can actually stream our axes directly into Excel. So when you look at your spreadsheet, you know that the axe data you see in there is actually up to date. So if you then go and reach out to a salesperson uh, about a particular axe, you know it's not going to be stale and you will be able to execute on that. So yeah, definitely competitive advantage for us. Okay, thanks, guys. Um, we're, we're coming up to the turn of the hour now, so we'll, so we'll wrap up. So, but thanks again for everyone that's listening. Uh, thanks for sticking around for the whole session. I hope you learned something new. Thank you, Brad, and thank you, Julian. And if you want to learn more about Excel, there's an ebook which you can access um, inside this platform. Uh, you can also get it from the website. And if you've got any questions for Brad or Julian, you know, I'm, I'm sure they'll be happy for you to reach out and also if you want to learn more about iPushPoll and how you can deliver live data in some of these channels, then do give us a shout.